A 401k is a wonderful account to help for the long term for your retirement, but do you know about all of the fees within these 401ks? And do you understand fully, yes, how they work, but also if there's anything you can do to tweak that so that you're paying for fees where you get value and you are certainly not paying for fees where you don't get value. And so my job today is to show you those fees so that you have a complete understanding and confidence in what you should do to help you optimize your retirement. So that is what I'm going to be talking about today. Before I hop in, I want to highlight a recent review. And this review comes from someone who just sent me an email and it was just touching. So I wanted to share it with you all, which is Ari. Thank you so much for your guidance through the podcast. And this comes from Lewis. So thank you, Lewis, for that. You're very welcome. I can see that you are passionate about an early retirement, and I often am going to bed at night wondering if I'm going to run out of money. Your podcast helps clarify this for me, as well as your insight on part-time income, which I had not considered heavily. So, Lewis, I'm glad that that was helpful, and yes, part-time income can play a major role in an early retirement. I have other episodes discussing that. Do you need part-time income in order to often retire early? No, but it can often help bridge that gap between the years where Social Security or future income sources might turn on, whether it be a pension or rental income or other things, sometimes bridging that gap with part-time income, even if it's a relatively small amount in comparison to what you made for the majority of your career, can play a major role. So today, I'm going to be talking about those 401k fees that I mentioned, and I want to hop right in. So let's talk about the first fee. The first fee is that record-keeping fee. Now, when I say the record keeper. I am talking about Vanguard or Fidelity or Empower. And some of those you're probably going, yeah, Ari, that's where my accounts are. Or it's no, I'm actually with a different you know, 401k provider. But those are the main ones. And that provides you access to your 401k. So you can view that through a website. Now, they also keep track of your contributions and investment performance. And there's a record keeping fee for that. It is generally very low, but it's always nice to reach out just from a peace of mind perspective to understand, okay, what am I paying for this 401k? When I say, what am I paying for it? What I mean is what are all the fees that are just not transparent? All of the fees that you cannot see right when you first sign up your, for your 401k, which for a lot of you might've been 20 or 30 years ago, which almost is odd to think back to, I'm sure that is what I want you to ask about. So asking your HR office about, Hey, what is that record keeping fee? If you don't know it. Now, the whole reason I'm so fee conscious is I'm all about please pay for fees where you get value, which of course, that's what I hope I do for my clients. And I tell my clients before they come on board with me, uh, please do not pay the fee if I can't show you the value that I provide. And if it doesn't excessively outweigh that fee, then please do not hire me. There's both quantifiable value and non-quantifiable value, of course. But before we kind of hop into that any further, let's keep going through these 401k fees. That second fee here, that is a TPA, a third-party administrator. And that's the individual, that really the company, that maintains the plan document. They do all of the annual testing and regulatory filing. So want to make sure those TPA fees are, of course, transparent and you understand what is that fee. The reason I'm just putting a little bit of context in between these different fees is because it is, I think, very important to understand a 401k is a wonderful investment account and it allows you to contribute 
certainly many dollars. You can do an exit 30,000 for the full catch up if you are over age 50. And that's, you know, including everything. But if you are under that, then the full amount that you can contribute is 22,500. In addition to that, there's likely an employer match you're receiving. So if you want to say, Hey, can I do everything possible to put myself in the best position? You're likely looking at 401ks. Maybe you're looking at after tax contributions as well. Maybe there's deferred compensation. So a few ways to go here, but let's just hypothetically say you have the option of a 401k or Roth IRA and you go, Ari, I only want to put $6,000 to work. What makes most sense? A 401k is wonderful because you can add more dollars than a Roth IRA, for example, um, which if you're over age 50, that would be $7,500 this year. Well, then we would look at that and go with a 401k, there's limited options and we can't you know, yes, we can contribute more, but in those limited options, investment options, of course, there's also these other fees like record keeping and TPA fees. And so we want to understand what are those fees and does it make sense to invest in that 401k or does it make sense to go with a Roth IRA? And more often than not, um, a lot of the clients that reach out to me, it's they're doing the 401k because you're just not going to be an account that does that. And some of these fees are very minor. I've seen record keeping fees be, you know, $12 a month or something like that. And, and if it's that small, you know, yes, we want to be aware of it. Um, it's certainly important, but it's not going to make or break your retirement. So, always just want to make sure we're looking at everything holistically here. The third fee here is that investment advisor fee. And so if that, for example, is someone that you are paying an advisor, that person is often, if they're, for example, at Fidelity, giving just guidance on your investments. They're likely not doing forward-looking tax planning like Roth conversion planning or tax gain harvesting or some of these other things that can be very helpful for an early retirement. Now, what they are helping to do is select, monitor, and to manage that investment lineup, um, oftentimes providing employee education to not just you but other employees, and they're assisting in the plan design and, and the features for that. So that investment advisor fee is oftentimes optional that you can say, yes, I want to, you know, opt into that. And I want an advisor to help and educate and be there for me to ask questions at sometimes a, a very low fee. Other times it's a fairly high fee and it's sometimes a fee that not all know they're even paying. The fourth one here, and I saved the best for last is because this is often a big one. And, and this is the internal fees of the funds you're selecting. Now, I don't want to go too dark here, but if you can imagine it, um, you can see that the investment options you have are not unlimited. That is very easy. You can see that. You are aware of that right now. I'm going to guess there's some target date funds in there. Maybe there's one or two large cap funds, some small caps, sometimes a real estate fund or two. Um, and then there's likely some what I call cookie cutter portfolios where it'll say conservative allocation or moderate or balanced or something like that. And I just don't love those only because they don't know exactly what your retirement entails when you want to retire. And, and it's just not going deep enough in my opinion. But if we take that away for a moment, the reason that some of these fees are higher is because Fidelity is talking to a company. And for example, let's pretend Fidelity is talking to a company like, oh, I don't know. I'll just take any, for example, we could take Nuveen Investments or Franklin Templeton or any of these big asset managers. And they are going to say, you know, how much will you pay us to be able to offer this product on your investment lineup? And so in a way, these 401k companies are in bed with these big asset managers only offering so many options so that they can get more assets to manage. And so the relationship there is not what's in your best interest. It's okay. Based off of the options here, how 
can these asset managers make sure they're continuing to manage more assets? So I would rather, if we're looking at investments, and let's just pretend you're not adding more dollars, and let's pretend you're retired at this point, which I know, not the case for a lot of you, but many of you are thinking through this, maybe in your early 50s or early 60s, want to retire early before age 65. The reality is, if you have dollars just sitting at an old 401k, getting assessed to these fees with limited options, Oftentimes it makes sense to roll that into an IRA to invest in however you would like an IRA or Roth IRA respectively. So talking about the different expense ratios here, what an example of this looks like is the following. Let's pretend there's a, a fund and let's pretend that fund is just the, an S&P 500 fund. That fund, if it's actively managed and if that's your only option, it might have an expense ratio like 1% or 1.5%. What that means is if you, for example, your statement and you put $100,000 into that S&P 500 fund, you see you got a 10% return. It's not fully a 10% return that you got because it's 10% minus that expense ratio. And so if that's 1.5%, then you're really taking home 8.5%, return minus the expense ratio of the fund, which is about 1.5% in this example. Now, more often than not, the, the funds aren't that high. Sometimes it's 1%, sometimes it's a little less than that. There have been numerous studies that show once the fee is above 0.4%, you just don't get enough bang for your buck. And here's what I mean by that. There will be years where some of these funds are going to outperform, meaning there might be an expense ratio of call it 1%, but the fund outperforms by 1%, of which case it's a no-brainer. Yes, let's own this fund. And if every single year I could show you that it would benefit you to own that fund because it would outperform, I would go, hey guys, this makes sense to do. But what happens is even in the years where the fund doesn't outperform, it's still being assessed this fee, and that's a fee that eats into your return. So the goal is to say, not how do we have the lowest fee possible, um, but it's to say, can we look at the overall plan and make sure we're not paying any more than we need to from a fee perspective? So why on earth am I so fee conscious? Um, what I just went through is just four often fees that, you know, that are just kind of hidden, if you will, within 401k plans that not everyone knows. So before I give you a quick story, just want to give you, of course, a summary here. As some of you I know are reaching out just in terms of you listen to the podcast, you want that educational informational in, you know, and I want to give it to you. So that's exactly what I'm going to go through. The latter end of a lot of these podcasts, I'm going to do a, a small story just so you can either see a further example or if you're looking to learn just a little bit more about why I do what I do. So to summarize here, those fees are the record-keeping fees, those fees are the TPA fees, um, an investment advisor, and a fund manager. Now, those are the different fees that I walk through today. I would ask all of you to look at these fees, and please know that they depend and vary widely on the size of your company, 401k, the individual providers, and the scope of services that are truly offered. So make sure you're, one, aware of these fees, which by reaching out to HR, they should certainly help you with that. And make sure that the fees you are paying are certainly fair and reasonable. A good practice for this is to look at, okay, what on earth am I being assessed for? And do I feel I'm getting value in excess of that from a gut check perspective? Meaning if you're looking at your fees going, hey, I've certainly added a ton of value to my 401k. I've seen it rise over time. Yeah, I'm aware there's some fees here and there, but but that is just minor in comparison to what it's done for me. Awesome. If you're wondering, wow, what if I didn't have this or what if I invested differently or you know used a company with less fees? That's of course something 
that, that I help clients to do and show them what can you do to optimize that. So yes, this is the work that I do because I love it. Now there's some early retirement, you know, tactics, if you will, that I didn't go over today, like the rule of 55 or like a 72T distribution or some of these things that if that didn't sound like English, that's okay. But the goal when it comes to good early retirement planning is to go based off a of 401k, what are the fees? And then even knowing those fees, should we still hold on to that account because it's allowing us to pull funds to live off of or other planning reasons? So not to say you need to go shift your 401k night and day, but it's to say, hey, can we be aware of all of the fees inside that? Lastly, there's something I like to add called an in-service distribution and in-service withdrawal, which once you're at age 59 and a half, more often than not, you have the ability, based off of your plan, to move funds from your IRA, excuse me, from your 401k to an IRA or from your Roth 401k to a Roth IRA, pay no taxes at all. You can keep contributing exactly where that 401k is and you can invest in however you would like with less fees. So that's often an attractive, you know, tactic for, for a lot of my clients. Now, the last thing here regarding a quick story, and then I promise I'll round out here, which is when people even reach out to me, why do I do what I do, is that my parents were burned by fees. There was something known as churning happening to them where an advisor intentionally goes in, buys and sells a lot of positions to make it look like there's a lot of activity occurring, and the risk of that, number one, it's not good for the client long-term for their financial plan, but number two, that's how that advisor is receiving a lot of their income, a lot of their compensation, if you will. And so that was something I saw that really put a red flag for me from a financial advisor perspective, but growing up where I did in Malibu, California, which is an affluent area, of course, I saw really good planning and the value it could do by adding millions of dollars to a financial plan through tax strategy and investing well. And I saw, wow, what if there was that part without the bad financial advisor, if you will, what could that create? And so firsthand seeing that and feeling that, of course, made me say, hey, what about this industry? It just, it intrigued me. So that's even kind of my introduction to why I do what I do. So when it comes to fees, I tell people, please, Please don't pay me if I cannot show you that I can add excessive value um, in light, of course, my fee. And I want you to be excited to pay that fee because I, of course, value what I do. But I say, don't take my word for it. Let me show it to you. So if this is of any interest, of course, reach out to myself. You can see in the description, there's a link to apply to do so. And I'd be happy to speak with you about that soon. Other than that, some new episodes coming out, a little bit of a different style, some stories here and there, but always keeping it informational and educational for you. So hope this was helpful and please keep submitting your questions. I love seeing those. And if not already, um, if you haven't rated the podcast and reviewed it, I ask if this has been even remotely helpful, it helps more people find the show. So I appreciate your honesty in those reviews. It is lovely to see those. It makes it really fun to do what I get to do. So thank you all and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.